Christmas of 2016 was one of the most horrifying and worst days of my entire life. My cousin was hosting a really huge Christmas party to celebrate the holiday on Christmas Eve. All of his friends, some of my friends, and almost the whole family was there. It was the biggest and most insane party that I've ever been to. We were all above 21, with the exception of a few kids. So a lot of us were just drinking our asses off and becoming more drunk to the bone with each drink. Many of us were just yelling and constantly crashing into things, and others were, well, they were already passed out on the couches. I went upstairs to play video games with some of my friends for about two hours, and then got drunker while playing. I got so drunk that I had to stop on my friend's suggestion. I personally was so drunk that I didn't even realize this random girl was sitting in the living room who I didn't even know. After I sober up the next morning, I eventually realized who it was. I remember her walking up to me and telling me things that I don't remember at all. But whatever she told me led to her grabbing my arm and then pulling me outside the house toward a white van. I got in the passenger seat, then she got in the driver's seat. I passed out in the van just a few minutes after getting in. I remember waking up to find myself still in the van on some unfamiliar road. Where are we going? I asked her. We're just going to my house. I really want you to spend the night with me. She answered. I looked through the back window and I saw my cousin's BMW now tailing us. Just then, I quickly realized just what was happening and I asked the girl to pull over that I felt like throwing up. I jumped outside of the van, then immediately ran to my cousin's car. I made sure to take a picture of the girl's van to get the license plate before then getting in. We both sped away, and then my cousin explained everything. He said that he wanted me to join him for a drinking session in his backyard with some of his friends, so he then went looking for me. When his sister then told him that I walked out with some random girl, he ran outside and that's when he saw the white van taking off with me in the passenger seat completely passed out. So he got into his BMW and then he started telling the van. The fact that this actually happened to me and the assumed safety of my cousin's house party and that it actually worked on me, a 23-year-old guy, is what scares me the most. We called the police and we showed them the picture of the van's license plate. They managed to track down the van to some abandoned subway station. Five cops went there, and my cousin and I followed. We waited outside the station's entrance while the officers went inside. Only ten minutes later, the officers came out with the girl and about three other large men in handcuffs. They placed them in the cars, and one of the officers searched the white van while the other four searched the whole station. What they then found still really disturbs the both of us. In the van, they found a bloody axe, chains, and duct tape. In the station, however, they found four bodies and seven kidnapped young adults just like me. Five girls and two boys. The killed victims were killed by two of the men. We're pretty sure that they were all in prison for life, but I still don't really know. I still really wonder to this day though where I would be now if my cousin didn't save me. Just the thought of that alone still really gives me the chills. What you're about to hear is the most traumatic experience of my life. It was New Year's Eve and me and my girlfriend, let's call her Jane, were getting ready to go see some fireworks. 
Jan and I knew a really great spot deep in the woods where we could see the fireworks. We left at about 9.30 because the fireworks show was starting at 10. We made sure to pack some food, water, flashlights, and even a compass in case we got lost. We parked our car right on the side of the road and we made our way to the spot. I would say it was about a 15 minute walk or so until we reached the spot, which was a huge clearing that was surrounded by woods on all sides. Jan and I sat down and we started watching the fireworks show. About 15 minutes into the show, Jan looks at the woods and she then says, Uh, did you see that? I was confused, but I looked in the direction of the woods that Jan was looking at, but I didn't see anything. I told her that it was probably just a deer, and we continued watching the fireworks show. About five minutes passed by, and I had completely forgotten all about the incident. That is, until Jane then tells me to shush. I'm really confused and I ask why, and then she asked me, Did you hear that? I listen closely and I can hear leaves crunching and twigs snapping. I look in the direction of the sound and I can now somewhat make out the figure of a man. Now at first, I didn't really believe it. But then right at that moment, a bright firework lit up the night sky along with the entire woods and I can now clearly see a man that's about six foot three now walking right toward us. I forgot to mention it, but I'm six foot five, and I can easily take on this guy if he wants to start trouble. But all that changed when another firework then revealed a very large knife in his hand. I tell Jane to run, and we both dart back into the woods in the direction of our car, all the while this man is now running about 20 feet behind us. After about two or three minutes of running, we managed to lose the guy, but when we arrived at my car, I then made a horrifying discovery. All four of my tires had been completely slashed. We didn't know what to do. My car's tires were now all slashed, and there was a complete crazy maniac trying to kill us. And all in the while, Jane was going crazy. I tried calling 911, but just my luck, there wasn't any service. Luckily, we saw a truck coming down the road and Jane quickly flagged down the driver. The driver parked behind us and then a really large guy stepped out of the truck. We quickly explained what was going on and he then went back to his truck and he pulled out a gun along with a satellite phone. We used his satellite phone and we called the police. They then said they would be there in about five to seven minutes. While we were waiting, Jane investigates the woods and then screams. I quickly look over in the direction she was looking in, and I see the man walking straight toward us. Jane then yells, That's him! That's him! The driver of the truck takes one good look at him, then fires a warning shot at him. The gunshot then sends him running right back into the woods. After three minutes of waiting in fear, the cops arrive. They called in a team to check the woods, along with a AAA truck to fix my car. Pretty much the rest of the night was just me and Jane at the police station. We really tried our best to give the best description of the man that we could, but it was just so dark and I could really barely make out his face. This had to have been the worst New Year's of my life. I really don't know what would have happened if Jane didn't spot the man when she did. But for anyone wondering, we've never gone back to that spot since. This happened when I was 13 years old and in the 8th grade. I'm a female. 
The middle school that I went to was about a 15 minute walk away, so not very far. For some context, my older brother and I grew up in East LA in a really small house that had a metal gate, and both the front and back doors had a black metal screen door as well as a wooden door. During the day, we would leave the wooden door open and have the black metal door closed and locked, except this day. That day I had came home from school and I had about an hour before anyone else would be home. I was really thirsty so I rushed inside and grabbed a drink then sat down at the kitchen table which was about 10 feet away from the front door. I then heard the metal gate then open and I was really surprised as no one should have been coming home that early. I got up to see who it was and I saw that it was an older man, probably in his 60s. He had short white hair and a really long white beard. He was wearing an ACDC t-shirt, torn jeans and sunglasses. I remember thinking that he looked a lot like Santa Claus, but really dirty and creepy. He went on to knock on the metal screen door and he asked if my parents were home. I was a really dumb kid and I said that they weren't. He got a smile on his face and he said that he collected donations for needy children. I told him sorry but I didn't have any money. He said that sometimes children donated old toys. I said I didn't have any old toys to donate though. He then insisted that I must have some toys that I didn't want anymore. He was beginning to really creep me out and I noticed that I hadn't even locked the door when I came inside. I tried to keep my cool as I slowly and very carefully locked the door. I kept him talking so he wouldn't notice. A minute or two later he wouldn't leave, so I decided I would pretend to check for toys then say I didn't have any so he would then hopefully leave. I told him I would go check and as I turned and took a few steps down the hall, I clearly heard him yank at the door, trying to open it. I didn't want him to know that I had heard, so I just kept walking down the hall and into a room. I didn't have a cell phone and the only phone in the house was in the kitchen. I thought about what to do and decided to stick with my plan. After about two or three minutes, I walked out hoping he had left. Nope. Creepy ass Santa man was still there. I told him sorry but I didn't find anything. He then sighed and he said alright and that he would check another time. He finally left and walked across the street. I watched from the kitchen window peeking through the blinds as he just stood there staring at my house for about 45 minutes. My brother and a few of his friends finally came walking down the street. As my brother came inside and his friends kept walking down the street, the man then walked around the corner then disappeared. I told my older brother what happened and he walked outside to look but creepy Santa man was long gone. When my mom came home we told her what happened and she called the police but they said to just call back if he showed up again. Thankfully he never showed up again after that and I'm really glad. This happened on December 21st when I was just 7 years old. My grandma was babysitting me at the time. I was playing with my Power Ranger action figures in my bedroom while she watched TV in the living room downstairs. Right at around 5 that evening, my mom had finally got home from work. She came into my room and then she told me to get ready. She wanted to do some Christmas shopping and get some more presents for my dad before he came back from his business trip. I honestly didn't really want to go but I had no choice because my grandma was already really tired of babysitting me for the whole 10 hours 
and she just really wanted to go home. So I felt that it wasn't really fair for her to have to stay longer than she already did, so I just agreed to go. I threw on my jacket, gloves, and beanie and prepared myself for the journey to our local mall. Our mall wasn't really the greatest one in the world, and it was actually kind of small. It always seemed empty every time I went there, even around the holidays. The main reason my mom wanted to go there in the first place was because she knew there wouldn't be a lot of people and that it wouldn't be that crowded. As we entered the mall, I think my mom's expectations actually came true because as we looked around, there was hardly anyone in there. We really only saw a handful of people. One good reason for that was mostly because the mall itself isn't really pretty to look at. All of the Christmas decorations looked really uninspired and depressing. I even went into one of the stores and saw some really crappy looking snowflakes that were made out of cardboard and were poorly painted white. Some of the brown from the cardboard was actually still showing because it wasn't painted all the way. Not to mention that they were hanging by some very thick and crappy looking strings from the ceiling of the store. Anyways, around an hour later of non-stop walking and waiting, I was starting to get extremely bored and tired. My mom noticed and she told me that she just needed to go to one more store and then we could leave. As we arrived at the last store, I saw that there was a little arcade place right next to it. The cheap claw machines and the colorful lights immediately caught my attention. Right before my mom and I walked into the store, I stopped her by pulling on her arm and then pointed towards the arcade place. After she got a good look at it, she peered down at me and then shot me one of those, are you serious? type of looks that moms just do so well. I was absolutely begging her to let me go and explore the arcade. I told her that it was only one store away from where she was going, so it shouldn't be a big deal. My mom looked back at the arcade, then back at me. She finally told me that I could go, but I was only to look and not beg for money to play any of the games. She also told me that if something bad happened, to immediately yell for her or to run to the store that she would be in. After hearing this, I told her that I understood and she let me go explore the wonders of the arcade. As I walked in, it was completely empty, but all the games were visibly on and ready to be played with. I quickly rushed over to the Street Fighter game and began smashing the buttons and whipping around the joystick to act like I was actually playing the game. After that, I headed over to a hunting game. You know, the one where there are two shotguns. One's green and one's orange, and you have to aim the shotguns at the screen to shoot the animals. That was always my favorite game. I immediately picked up the green shotgun and started shooting at the screen to pretend like I was actually killing these pixelated animals. After a few seconds of playing, I had then spotted someone out of the corner of my eye. It was a grown man entering the arcade. He was easily over six feet tall and he was wearing this long brown coat that looked really dirty. He had a scruffy looking beard and he was wearing a black beanie with a visible hole on the side of it. However, it was really his eyes that caught me off guard. His right eye looked too widely open. It almost looked like his right eye was about to burst right out of his eye socket, while his left eye looked droopy and tired. The guy obviously freaked me out, but my mother always told me to never be rude to others, especially if it's just over their appearance. So after analyzing him from the corner of my eye for a good few seconds, I looked back at the screen and continued to pretend that I was playing my game. I then started to hear something coming from beside me, 
and I started to feel the ground beneath me then vibrate ever so slightly. Instead of using the corner of my eye to see what it was, I fully turned my head all the way around to see more clearly. When I did, I then immediately jumped back in fear. The man was literally standing right beside me now. The man which obviously knew that he startled me, then looked at me with this emotionless look on his face, and then said to me, Wow, didn't mean to scare you there, kiddo. I was still very much startled by this man, and even though I was seven years old, I wasn't an idiot. My mom had always told me all about stranger danger, and this guy had totally gave off serious danger vibes. Like, what was he even doing in an arcade trying to approach and talk to a seven-year-old kid like that who he didn't even know? Nevertheless, I didn't want to seem rude, so I spoke back to him and then said, Oh, it's okay. I just didn't see you coming. After I said this, the man looked at me and then shot me with a creepy-looking smile. When he did, I got a really good glimpse of his teeth, and I really wished that I hadn't. They were really yellow, and they looked severely rotten. I could even see cracks in some of his teeth, and it looked like this guy had never touched a toothbrush in his entire life. After he was done with his creepy smile, he then looked at the game which I was pretending to play. Right out of nowhere, I watched in horror as the man stretched out his arm and then grabbed my shoulder to pull me closer to him. When he did, he looked at me with that creepy looking smile yet again, and then he said these exact words to me. You know kid, I have a whole bunch of games like the ones here in this arcade out in the back of my van. Some of the games I have haven't even been released to the public yet. I've actually been looking for kids just like you to come and play some of these new games. You can test them to see if they're fun enough to be released to arcades all around the world. So what do you say kid? Do you want to go try out some of these new games? After the man said this, I then felt my heart then sink to my stomach. As I said, my mom always told me all about stranger danger, and she especially told me about people trying to lure little kids into vans. Trying to show as little fear as possible, I looked at the man and then said, Oh no, I couldn't. My mom wouldn't like that and I would get into a lot of trouble. After I said this, the man's disgusting smile turned into this vile, sinister-looking frown. It kind of looked like the frown you would make whenever your parents told you you couldn't get a candy bar from the dollar store, but even worse. Seeing this type of frown on a grown man's face, especially with such hideous-looking facial features, truly was one of the most terrifying things that I've ever seen in my life. As the man continued to look at me with this awful gaze and frown on his face, I could now feel his grip on my shoulder begin to tighten. His grip on my shoulder got so tight, I thought he was going to pop my shoulder right out of place. I finally got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore, and I opened my mouth to scream for my mom. He noticed though, and he was way faster than me. Before I could even let out a peep, he wrapped his other hand over my mouth and began to drag me behind one of the arcade machines. I kept trying to kick and punch him, but my attempts at trying to free myself were doing absolutely nothing to phase him. He dragged me behind one of the games in a matter of seconds, and he was holding me tightly. There was literally nothing I could do. The nasty man began to reach into one of his pockets of his coat, and I watched in horror as he slowly pulled out a dirty-looking needle. I did everything in my power to scream or to make as much noise as possible trying to make my presence known to anyone within the mall. 
After I saw that needle though, I was completely paralyzed with fear. I just watched as the man started taunting me by waving the dirty needle around in my face while slightly laughing. Then I watched as the man started to slowly edge the needle closer and closer to my arm. In that very moment, I thought that my life was completely over and that I was actually going to die. But out of nowhere, I then heard laughter entering the arcade. The man and I both paused for a brief moment, just listening. We both had heard what sounded like a group of people entering the area. In that very moment, I felt the man's grip on my mouth loosen up just a slight little bit. And then right then, all of my reflexes took over my whole entire body. I started to bite down as hard as I could on the man's hand. I heard him screech in pain and as he did so, I was able to free myself from his grip completely and then ran as fast as I could right out of the arcade. I was rushing towards the store my mom was at. Before I even got into the store, I saw my mom leaving with a bag full of stuff. I immediately lunged at her, giving her a great big hug with my eyes filled with tears. She immediately dropped everything she was carrying and she then hugged me back with a very concerned look on her face. She kept repeatedly asking me what was wrong, but I wasn't able to give a clear answer yet. I just kept crying and crying. As we exited the mall and got into our car, I was finally beginning to calm down a bit. I then explained everything to my mom as best as I could. On the car drive home, my mom kept repeatedly asking me what the man looked like. But since I was only seven, I was only able to give her a few details. I told her that the man was really tall and that he was wearing a brown coat and that he had weird looking eyes. With that very little information, my mom didn't try and call the police. She knew that what I said didn't have enough description to completely identify a person, but she did make a report to the mall. She alerted the mall that there was a child predator that was on the loose in the stores. The mall then said that they would take a look at the security cameras and then notify her the next day. As we arrived to our house, I was mentally and physically shaking. My mom had told me that she was going to take the present she bought from the mall inside the house and that she would be right back out to take me to my room. As she went inside the house, not even a few seconds later, I heard something that woke me up out of my scared little daze. It was the sound of a car honking its horn. I immediately turned my head from the back seat of our car to look through the rear view window and that's when I saw a rusty old looking white van slowly cruising past my house. After a few seconds, the van started to speed up and then took off down the road. Seeing that van only made me think that it would belong to the man that I had that awful encounter with at the mall. I tried my best to reassure myself that there was just no way he could have followed us home. After the van sped down the road though, my mom came out of the house to get me from the car and then take me to my room. Later that night, I had received all types of different questions from my mom. She kept asking how I was feeling and if I would like to talk to someone about my experience. She kept on asking if there was anything that would make me feel better. I really only answered a few of her questions because I was still visibly very shaken from the experience. Before my mom put me to bed, she told me she would make sure to find me extra Christmas presents to try and make me feel better. However, at the current state I was in at the time, I really didn't care about any Christmas presents. Although I was extremely frightened by the experience, I was also exhausted. Just a few minutes after my mom finally left me alone, I turned to face my window so I could watch the snow outside. As a kid, 
I would always love to sleep with the blinds open to my window so that I could watch the snow outside. It would always really help me to go to sleep. And only a few seconds after watching the snow, I then fell straight to sleep. Later on during the night, I was then awoken by a really strange sound. When I woke up, I was facing the door to my room and not towards my window. The sound was coming from my window though. Whatever the sound was, it was really consistent and it kind of sounded like a tapping. I honestly don't really know what I was thinking at the moment, but I could start to feel my body begin to turn uncontrollably to face the window. Once my body was fully turned around and I was fully facing the window, my deepest nightmare then came true. I saw the man from the mall standing right outside my bedroom window, with his face pressed up against the glass to where I could see his awful rotting teeth. His creepy and grim eyes stared right back at me. I watched in terror as I saw him holding that same dirty needle. He had been tapping it against the glass, which was the source of the noise I heard. It took me about a full 10 seconds to realize what was happening, and I immediately stood up from my bed and started screaming. I ran out of my bedroom and towards my mom's room, waking her up at 2 in the morning with my cries of terror. I told her that I saw the man from the mall standing outside my window. She told me to wait in her room while she went to go check if the man was really out there. A couple of minutes passed and she walked back in the room, then telling me that there was no one out there. She didn't even see a set of footprints leading towards our house. Honestly, I didn't care and I just slept with my mom for the rest of the night. When morning arrived, my mom received a call from the mall. They informed my mom that the security cameras within the arcade were actually under maintenance, so they didn't get clear footage of the man who attacked me. However, there was a camera that was actually located right outside the arcade, and they did get a glimpse of the man walking out. Unfortunately, however, they only saw a tiny side of the man's face as well as the clothes he was wearing. That's it. My mom, who was obviously frustrated, had a really long talk with the mall manager, but after nearly an hour of talking, there was nothing she could do. After that night, I spent a lot of my childhood going to therapy. I'm trying to do everything in my power to forget what happened. Every Christmas just isn't the same anymore, and I really don't think I could ever step foot in a mall ever again after what happened to me. To this day, I don't really know if I truly saw the man at my window or if it was just my imagination. I guess I'll never find out for sure. So just remember everyone, never talk to strangers and never interact with people you don't know. If a stranger looks suspicious to you or acts suspicious around you, try to find a public area or some sort of security. My childhood was permanently ruined at the age of seven and I'll never get those years back. You can still save yours though if you just be careful, be smart, and of course be safe. Take care everyone.